Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast, we sit down with Donovan McNabb, and he talks about his time in Philly. How much pressure was on him to excel? Or maybe you might be surprised to hear that there wasn't any pressure if you leave it up to him. Next, he talks about his quarterback legacy. It's all about what can you leave behind for the younger generation. That's what he's doing for all kids. Last but not least, we looked at the numbers. Hall of Fame quarterbacks, it's only four that belong to a certain group. Donovan is one out of the four. The other three are in the Hall of Fame. Make sure you tune in because you're going to hear what Donovan has to say on why he deserves to be in the hall. All of that and more on the BTM podcast. Now, let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to this fire episode of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Takeo Spikes, and let me bring in my partner, too. Well, yeah, boy. What's good, family? It's your favorite plus-size model, Tuton Reyes, in the building. Spice, what's good, family? Man, everything good today, bro. Like, we we, we got a, a good old friend to the show. But, yeah. you know, this, this guy, he, he stays in many cities. One day he will be in Canton, I believe. But uh, I'm looking forward to bringing him on the show, too. Hey, man. Listen, many battles against this cat. Obviously, always did his thing while we played. And before you give the intro, I got one thing to say. I got five on it. Uh, (laughs) We got five on it. Man, without further ado, listen, let me tell you. Let's bring to the stage a six-time pro bowler. Philadelphia Eagles 75th all-anniversary team. Mm -hmm. And the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. Man, y'all give it up for my boy, Donovan Five McNabb. What's yeah. up, brothers? How y'all doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just wanted to make sure the party was popping when I stepped in the door. You know what I'm saying? What's going on, fellas? What's happening? I love what you're doing. Let me start out by saying it's an honor being on your show. Uh, we already know what Spice gets popping, and, and I'm telling you, when y'all two get together, you are definitely getting it real crispy. Sure. And plus size model, my brother. Hey, look here. Let's go with medium. Let's go with medium. <laughs> <laughs> I love a little since the playing days, bro, but you know, you know, I'm, I'm still plus size, I guess, in the regular world. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, we'll say extra large. How about There you go. Extra large. Yeah, medium. <laughs> What's going down? Hey, man, we just want to drop in on you, bro, and and, and uh, really check up because a lot of guys, you know what I'm saying, when we get out of the game, everybody is doing their little thing. So I always take time to look at my partners. And so when I saw what you was doing across the board, man, and, you know, st- you know, hailing straight out of from Chicago, Illinois, I'm like, man, my dog really be making moves out here in these streets, man. But you know what, Spikes, man, just to add to that, I think it's important that people understand that we're much more than just football players and athletes. Uh, For us, we're fathers. Uh, Two, we're role models and mentors. Uh, And I think a lot of things that's very important in in what we've done throughout our career while we're playing 
as well as afterwards is we want to make change in the community. And that, that was kind of my mindset throughout this whole deal of retirement of, of seeing what I can do to uh, better some of the youth and their knowledge and, and understanding of, of their path and future, uh, preparing a lot of the youth of how to build work ethics, how to have goals, how to be determined and, and have passion in everything that you set out to do. The problem a lot of times with a lot of these kids is they want to go to major division one schools or they want to uh, become lawyers or doctors, but they don't want to go through the path. And I think it's important for us who have been example setters by the by the path that we set by being athletes, the platform that we've built for ourselves, we're able to reach back and give them that confidence that they need in order to accomplish great things. And so, um, you know, I've done a lot of things since I've, I've kind of retired from the game. If it's coaching, if it's mentoring, if it's training, um, if it's being a dad, um, it, you know, there's a lot of things that go into the book of, of Donovan McNabb, but the thing that's so exciting for me is that I haven't even hit hit the peak of, of what I want to be able to accomplish ever since I've retired. Amazing. You're paying it forward to the next generation. And before we even get deep into it, bro, you speak so eloquently. You still have your vision intact. And I know somebody that, you know, had a lot to do with that. So huge shout out to Mama McNabb. You know what I'm saying? She's a huge supporter of the Behind the Mask podcast, follows us on Facebook, chimes in here and there. So much love. She's been gracious anytime I've had the opportunity to meet her. Uh, Apple don't fall too far for the tree, brother. So much love. Shout out to Mama McNabb, bro. Shout out to Mama Mac. You know, she definitely going to be excited y'all mentioned her because, you know, she love when her name get mentioned on anything. Uh -huh. uh, so, <laughs> but you know what? I, I'll add to that because um, with, with every pretty much every great player or every great role model, there's always a, a great band. So my band was my, my mom and dad being the two lead singers. Uh, we had my brother, Sean, AKA Big Sexy, represent all the time uh, <laughs> and just kind of setting the tone for me. And I think when you have parents who uh, have exuded work ethic and passion and desire uh and, and to lead you in the right direction and obviously as we know as kids we we have a tendency of of getting off that path and trying to do our own thing till that belt hits hits the backside of of uh a button and we get yeah. right back on course but again you need somebody to lead you there and then also you know it goes back to what i mentioned things that i've been a part of the mentorship you know being able to set the tone for the youth a lot of them, you know, may have single parent homes. A lot of them don't have fathers that are present. And words of wisdom that I can give for those kids, if it's girls or boys, to help them kind of understand the way of getting things done and how you can step outside of your sport or, or wherever you're doing or whatever you want to accomplish to do great things. It doesn't always have to be bouncing a ball or throwing a football. It could be something else that you can make an impact. Uh, and if I can do that for any kid, then I know that I felt that I'd done uh, all that I possibly could to help them uh, get to where they want to go. Well spoken, well said, brother. Uh, we've been waiting to get you on the Behind the Mask podcast for a little over a year now. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, we couldn't. But now that we're here on the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. So right now we're going to do a little bit of this and that, go back and forth. Spice is going to set you up with some questions. Yes. And you got to go this or that. You got to give it to us raw behind the mask. Let's go, Spice. All right, man. Here we go. All right, Five. I hope you're ready for this, bro. Because okay. you are from Chi-Town. That's correct. Represent. Who you got? Common 
or Kanye West? Well, you know, there's a, there's a father son aspect of that. Um, oh, here we go. There's a father son aspect of that. There's he tiptoeing on that line, sideline. Listen, there's a grown adult in the room, and then there's that that young kid who sometimes you might need to get that little push, like, hey man, you need to clear yourself up and get yourself together. Common is the father in the room, and Common mm. is the guy that set the tone. Because you got to remember, when Common, it wasn't just Common; it was Common Sense. Mm. Um, and AKA Richard. So, you know, you're talking about a guy that I've known since even when he went to FAMU. Um, and, and so Common representing HBCU, um, was a guy from Chicago who was about lyrics. And for us that are 40 and over, we're all about lyrics and, and beats, not so much of the hook, you know? So he was a guy that set the tone for Kanye. Now Kanye is a creative mind who stepped into the game and, you know, show that not only can he be a producer and, and a guy who can uh, create lyrics and things of that nature, but um, he stepped into the realm of des- designing and things of that nature. But sometimes he gets a little off course, you know, where, you know, Shottown got to bring him back, you know what right. I'm saying? But, uh, I, you know, I'm old school. I love I love Kanye because he represents us, Shottown till we die. But I got to go with Common. For sure, for sure, for sure. And you spent a lot of your time and your career in Philly. So now we're going to go Philly cheesesteak or Chicago deep dish pizza. Side town represent. We're going with that deep dish pizza, baby. Oh. Look here, come on. Hey, look here. If you Man, that go, piece ain't that good. That's what I'm saying. Hey, look here, both, both of y'all. Y'all come, come out with y'all chicken and waffles out there in, in Atlanta. Relax. And, you, know, <laughs> you like that New York pizza. New York pizza at, way see, better than Chicago pizza. Man, look, if you got enough dough to, to make your pizza about that big, you got enough dough to make it about that thick. So we're going to get that real deep dish pizza. Get get that meat lovers. You get that pepperoni, get that sausage, get that cheese. You might even go with a little bacon. You know, you might throw a little bit of everything on that deep dish. But one oh, thing yeah. for sure, you need about three slices of that. Yeah, you got sleep for about an hour. Uh huh. Drop me off with drop me off at the emergency room too for some high <laughs> blood pressure. All right, you got this opportunity. You playing Sandlot football? Okay. You got, I'm gonna give you two quarterbacks, but you need to give me one back. Who you gonna start your team off with? Who? Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson? Uh, I'm going with Vick. I'm going with Vick. I I'll give you Lamar. Um, because I can come with a lot of creative things with Vic. And I think a lot of people overlook Vic and his passing ability. And I'm not saying Lamar can't throw the ball. I, uh, let me make sure I reiterate that. Lamar is a great passer. Uh, but but Vic, I seen just – I was right there. I've seen him in the Pro Bowl. I've seen him in Philly. Uh, I've known him since he was a senior in high school. Uh, so I know the talent that, that Vic could have uh, exuded if it started early. Now, when he came to Philly, he was able to open up his game. Uh, but I I will take Michael Vick. When you were uh, electric on the field, similar to Vick, um, when you played. So as, as a quarterback that could get it done with his with his arm and with his legs, would you prefer uh, a 60-yard touchdown pass or a 99-yard touchdown run? I'm going with the 60-yard touchdown pass. Uh, because this is this is the issue. Um, first of all, ninety nine yard run. I'm I'm gassed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be real. I'm I'm tired. Um, that's, that's when you at ninety nine. I bet it been 
on the one yard line. Facts. Oh, you getting caught on the team? Yeah, 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 if, yeah, yo. if I didn't get caught, it's problems because I'm not handing the ball off after <laughs> I just ran 99 yards. So that's why. I, but you know what? The whole thing about it, this game has has opened up so much. To now, all of a sudden, we're trying to glorify the ability of the the mobile quarterback. Yeah, uh, and we've been doing this for years. Uh, when I came in, people were saying we weren't pocket passes, we weren't smart enough, we weren't big enough. You know, we were too strong throwing the ball. It was always the hoopla of what they thought we couldn't do, and the still, still the stigma uh, and from the analysts of these people on TV, which continues to piss me off uh, when it comes to the black quarterback is we want to focus on what we can't, so-called can't do. But we never glorify what we can do and how we can change organizations to become losing programs to electrifying programs. Uh, But um, I'll take the 60-yard touchdown because I know I've I've done all my jobs as far as reading defense, getting the ball out on time, and giving an opportunity for another athlete to make a great play for our team. All right. Last question. You played for Andy Reid. We both now know how strategic that he is. So when it comes to the so-called title of quarterback whisperer, would you choose Andy Reid or would you choose Bruce Arians? I'm just be honest with you. Bruce Arians ain't even in the book. Um, and I'm not – I love Bruce. Um, and I love what he's been able to do. But, I mean, to be honest with you, if, if it come down to it, um, I think Andy's gonna gonna have uh, three Hall of Famers under his belt at the quarterback position, uh, and hopefully I get in before Pat. Uh, but if I don't, I still get in. I get in. But you talk about coaching Brett Favre uh, to to coaching myself for over a decade, and then we see what he's doing with Patrick. Uh, Bruce Arians has a list as well. I mean, he he's got you know he would have Andrew Luck if he would have had him for a couple more years before retirement. You know Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, I don't know if you can really count Tom Brady, um, but to say you had a maybe you put your finger on Tom and say, you know, I coached him. Okay, that's what you want to go with. Then we'll go with that. But I'm going with Big Big Red, uh, the guy that looking like the big Kool Aid man, uh, bouncing around <laughs> on the sideline. Bro, but you and I, I feel you on that just because I had the opportunity to have a front row seat to to really check him out, bro. And Big Red was very strategic. He embraced all of the quarterback's attributes. And to me, it seemed like even playing against him, he did things or he played to the he played to the talents of what he had and to the True. strength of the game. So I agree with you on that. You know, bro. and I think also adding to that, Spikes, I mean, you got to understand the problem with a lot of these coaches today is their ego getting get involved. They, they put one of plug and play athletes to say, well, you're going to run my offense. If you can't run it, then then you're not good enough. Instead of building around the ability of his player. And you got to look, got to look at it in a sense. I mean, Brett Favre wasn't the most dynamic when it came to um, Green fundamentals, Bay? fundamentals. Yeah. And so, so with the fundament, I would say the lack of fundamentals that Brett, Brett had, he made up with it with his arm strength. So they created offense. And a lot of it goes to Mark, Mike Holmgren. Uh, and then you add John Gruden to that mix, you know, and, you know, Mariucci and those guys. But then to come to Philadelphia and draft a guy like myself where I didn't come from the traditional drop back quarterback. Uh, I didn't I didn't do the consistent five, seven, five, you know, three step drop. 
but we did that in our offense and we incorporated that you know when I first got there and I taught he taught me and learned I learned so much about that where we would be dynamic offensively and then now to to grab a guy like Patrick Mahomes which is really to be honest with you, he's different than the both of us myself and Brett yeah. because of the things he's capable of doing um and I mean he's not the best as far as fundamentals is concerned too so maybe he's going with the odd number even number quarterback deal because you know I look at from a sense you know with Brett and then now Patrick well we can't forget about Alex Smith too and I think that's another one you forgot to add too Alex Smith yeah Alex Smith went from first pick of the draft to people talking about bust to being a winning quarterback in Kansas City with yep. Patrick. And so, I mean, it says a lot about what Andy has been able to do to build around his talent at the quarterback position. But when you when you look at that, and even I just think back to drafting, going back, drafting you second overall in 99, then turn around and bring in Michael Vick, and now Patrick Mahomes. What is that one thing that you would probably say that he's able to do to bring out that special talent that you guys have compared to other coaches who just don't even know what they don't know, but they still have the title as guru. Well, again, it goes back to, remember I talked about building the offense around the talent, but understanding when your quarterback has the it factor. And the it factor is missing in so many positions in the NFL because we got guys who are just great linebackers. But can you cover can you fill the hole? Can you drop back and, and be in a position where you might get your hand on, on the ball and deflect? From a defensive line standpoint, are you just a big space eater? Can you get upfield? Can you be a run stopper? And can you affect the pass game? Your wide receiver, can you just catch? Or can you route, run routes? Can you block? You know, can we put you in a different position? And, and so when it comes to the it factor, Andy brings that out of you, but he's not expecting it all the time. He gives you an opportunity to create for yourself. So he'll call up a play, which it may be open, it may not be open. Then he'll give you your options. And then at the end of the day, he'll tell you, I just want you to be you. A lot of coaches want to, they want to control the quarterback. So that then at the end of the day, when it goes well, they get all the credit. But as soon as things go wrong, they point the finger and the quarterback gets all the criticism. And you went from the second overall pick by Andy Reid to the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, projected to be the franchise quarterback of that uh, of that team. And then you actually got booed on draft day, bro. That that, that was crazy. Um, and then you went on to being inducted into the Eagles Hall of Fame and having your number five retired. So no other future Eagles can wear number five. Talk briefly about that journey from not initially being accepted by the fans on the way to Eagles immortality. <laughs> well, I mean, people still probably don't like me in Philadelphia. <laughs> 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 but there ain't nothing I can do about that. And, but and you up there, though. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Um, you know, when it first all started, again, I, I, I mentioned this a couple times during the interviews, but when I first came into Philadelphia, man, I just wanted to be the best at what I did. Um, I, I, I didn't have, like, pictures on my wall, like, I'm going to be better than him. I go, No, I just wanted to be the best at what I do. And as I continue to learn more about the game and gain confidence from my head coach and offensive coordinator, I felt the confidence knowing that anything that was going to be called up, either I was going to make a play or somebody else was going to make a play. And that's not being selfish or arrogant. That's just having confidence in yourself and your ability and what you've learned. And so, 
you know, from my journey from the first year to give or take my fifth year. You give or take in my fifth year, and I had already been to pretty much four, about three to four NFC championships. Right. You know, how many people can say throughout their career they've been a, been a one or two NFC, AFC championships? And so for me to be to that many and now to understand, okay, I know how to win during the regular season, uh, but how do we get over the hump? And we brought in guys that to, to be able to prepare us uh, how to get over that hump. I felt like I needed to elevate my game. And so we talk about over a decade of a winning organization in the ranks with the New England Patriots and Tom Brady uh, and the Indianapolis Colts and, and Peyton Manning. And to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles in that same breath, mm. that says a lot of what we've been able to accomplish over a decade. And so now you're talking about me getting traded on Easter Easter Sunday to get traded uh, to the Washington Redskins and to go down there. And, and we all know it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest of years, but it was things that I still learned uh, in my year there and friendships that I built and then go to Minnesota. And when I decided to retire, um, to know that the journey was something else. I mean, think about this. In spite of y'all, both of y'all can talk about this. How many of y'all would have thought in our first year we would have played 13, 15 years? I mean, let's be honest. Right. 13 to 15 years, like, that you ain't know, something you coming in into the league talking about, man, I'm going to play 20 years. Like, I, it was like a routine for me. Yeah. And to be honest, I look at it now, like, man, I could have stole about two more years. You know, you I, played, I played well, you know. They I ain't giving out that money here. Backup quarterback getting five per. Man, well, how many, how many black ups is it? You see how I put that black, uh, black yeah. ups? It ain't that many uh, black ups because the thing is, our, our organization is going to pay for a black quarterback who was a starter for over a decade to be their backup. Mm. Because you know what, as soon as the starters start messing up, they cheer for that backup. Mm-hmm. Right. And they didn't, organizations didn't want that. And so um, I was, I was, I was accepting of my 13 year career coming to an end because I decided to do it myself instead of waiting around. And so I felt like I had other things I wanted to accomplish, but to look up in, in the stands and see my name in the Raptors, that's that's big for me, but it's really big for my kids. Oh yeah. Hey bro, so like you talk about the confidence and the resilience that you develop and you had just by playing in the city of Philadelphia during a time to where people were not accepting or as accepting of a black mobile quarterback. Now you look around across the league, everybody, ooh, I want one of them right there. That's what everybody wants. Talk about the pressure, man, of, of just going throughout that era, even going through the ups and downs. You talked about being booed, but just the pressure of performing week in and week out in Philadelphia to where nobody is safe if, you, if you're an athlete. Well, the thing about it is, is I don't look at it in that way. I, I look at it more in the way of, man, are you, are you comfortable in your own skin? And so for me, it, I never let any of that affect me. Because remember, when I go out to practice, I go out to practice to get better. And as I'm at practice and I'm trying to get better, I'm challenging you guys. I'm challenging our defense. Because I know at the end of the day, when we play on Sunday, I want you to be at your best just like you expected me to be at my best. And so I, I, I look at a lot of key factors through playing in Philadelphia, which I think people started to learn more about me because – as they continue to get pissed off about things that they thought that I should be doing or should be capable of doing, or I wasn't doing it at that time, then all of a sudden I do it later. 
you know, I, I learned more and more about other people than they did about me. Because now that they learn more about me ever since I left, and the situation ain't as comfortable as it used to be, now all of a sudden they looking back and reflecting on the decade that I was there, the excitement that I provided. And you've been very vocal about people criticizing Justin Fields, another black quarterback coming out of Ohio State, strong arm, uh, as we've all seen, but also mobile. You even called him the second best quarterback in the uh, NFL draft this year. So I guess for me, why is it when it comes to black quarterbacks, the so-called experts and anonymous uh, team executives, they find and amplify the negatives, as you said, but they they find it so hard to ignore or find it so easy to ignore the positives that they've put on tape the whole time they've been, uh, been playing. Well, again, it's it's always trying to dig deep into something because, again, the, the question sometimes they always want to bring up is does he love the game? You know, is it something that's a passion for him? Is he the first guy in the building, the last to lead? When really they're they're kind of directing that toward us as black quarterbacks. You don't ever hear that as any white quarterbacks. They usually say, well, he's a cerebral guy. Um, he processes information. He loves the game. He's a grinder. You know, it's always this reflection and, and analysts of, of, of white quarterbacks. But when it comes to us, is you know, does he throw receivers open? Uh, the accuracy issue. Uh, is, he, is he a guy that, that can go from one read to the next? You know, can he pick up on offense? You know, and it's just it's amazing to me when you look at a kid every Saturday play, and all of a sudden his team is top five in the country. He's in high in the QBR something that they always want to go to the analytics about. You know, he's accurate. Um, coming out of high school for Justin Fields, he was really the number one player coming out of high school until they went to Elite 11. And then Trevor Lawrence beat him in Elite 11. So now Trevor Lawrence becomes the number one quarterback, and he's number two. So we go through college, and then to be honest with you, he beat Trevor Lawrence more than Trevor Lawrence beat him in college. <laughs> so, I mean, what more do you need to see? I mean, he's, he's playing in Ohio State with, with uh, Coach Day, who's supposed to be one of the quarterback whispers and offensive gurus, and you're trying to say he doesn't process information in his office? Like, I understand you want to reflect back on the quarterbacks that have been playing at Ohio State, but if that's the case, how many quarterbacks done that much or done anything from Alabama? How many quarterbacks besides Steve Young and maybe Jim McMahon have done anything from BYU? I mean, so... I mean, if you really want to dig into it, then you want to use that. You might as well use that for everybody. Bruh, you're exactly right. I do feel like um, it's almost like they're moving the goal mark, the goalpost. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. As a exactly. player, we see what it is for black coaches, but as black quarterbacks, that's what it is. You move the goalpost and it's – you always got to defend something. But we, right. we we definitely don't come back to that. But one thing that I thought was interesting, and you said something that really sparked my mind, was I look back at your career, and one of the things that I noticed, bro, you had over 37,000 um, yards passing the football, 200-plus passing touchdowns, another 20-plus rushing touchdowns, only three other quarterbacks I in NFL history have done that. I don't even know if you are aware of this. No. Fran Tarkenton, John Elway, and Steve Young. 
outside of their respective cities or where they stay every night, they also have a bed in Canton, Ohio. So my thing is, I, I, listen, if only three has ever done it and you're right there with him, what, what, what's the hold up, bro? Like what we waiting on? You know what I'm saying? It just, I, you know what Spike's how it is? The ones you mentioned, they'll say Steve Young's got Super Bowls. Fran Tarkin. Fran Tarkin has championships. You know, they, they can go by any of these guys and it becomes about, it's about rings. And the, and the tough part about this whole deal is you can't measure a guy how successful he is, certain people, of how successful he really was by how many rings he had. Because what was the conversation just this year? The conversation was, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? And so if that's the case, if Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer, we're going to go by his numbers or we're going to use the rings? Because how many conference championships he been to? Two? Yep. You know, so I just, I just think we pick and choose what we want to use for re- positive reinforcement for a lot of players. And then for others – we don't we don't sit there and we don't pinpoint the same type of attributes for for those as well, and that's where we've been in that's where we've been in the draft. That's where we've been in recruiting for a lot of these kids coming out of high school. That's where we've been for as far as the rankings are concerned for from these kids in high school and college. Uh, and and it's sad, but it's still going to be the same. It's going to be the same no matter what. So people ask me all the time, like. Man, when you think you're gonna get in? I'm like, man, maybe when my son turned 21. Mm. My son turned, he's 12. So, I mean, it ain't no rush for me. Uh, but if I get it, hopefully I get in. I'm, I'm still, still living, and and walking on this earth and exuding this beautiful smile that I have here on this camera. <laughs> you know, because sexiness is not contagious. You know, it's not for everybody. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Not everybody uh, can get this energy. Hey, everybody like, can't have that energy, huh? You can't have it. You can't have it. And you know what? I do very well with it. <laughs> no doubt. You know what, man? And I know you can't say it, but yo, we behind the mask. We we, we behind the mask right now, going behind the mask. It's so it's bullshit. Straight up and down, because there's no way when you look at your body of work, what you've done on the field, even compared those stats that uh, that Spice just said. Your impact on the game while you play is measurable to those players or to other players in the in a Hall of Fame that haven't won a Super Bowl. So to me, when you see people, I guess the writers that vote and the people that have the opportunity to 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 put players in a Hall of Fame, all you really got to do is ask the players that played against you, bro. True. They'll say it. So you know, you know it's funny, man. You know how it go for quarterbacks. You know, folks want to sit and, and talk. Our own people talk bad about our own people. You know what I'm saying? And that's, yeah. that's half of the problem. Is, you know, and I use I use the term early back in the day. You know, in in some years, but the black on black crime, because you know we we defame each other just to boost our own name up. You know, but when it comes to them, we don't say anything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it is what it is. I mean, I appreciate. Um, the emphatic words that you uh, you you displayed uh, and your sentiment because I think we all kind of are in that boat with you. But I mean, the whole thing about it is, I mean, when are we gonna make change? You know what I'm saying? That's the whole thing. Well, I think the more we continue to talk about it and bring awareness, 
Because I truly believe awareness is the beginning of change. True. You know, it's, it's not a sin to be wrong. Right. I tell people that all the time. But what is a sin is to be wrong. And when you know it and don't do anything about it, I got a problem with that. So I second that, my brother. Hold yes, yourself sir. accountable. Hold yourself accountable. If you're wrong, say you're wrong. Yeah, man. Call it Show like you did. Right. Show you're right. I can sure. dig it, my brother. Oh man, you you've done everything on the field that you were supposed to do, and we know you're gonna make Canton one day. Definitely mark left your mark on the game, um, and and still continue to write your legacy. So, speaking of legacy, talk about that. Talk about QB legacy, quarterback legacy, and uh, what your goal is, and, and where can people learn a little bit more about it. Well, you know, currently they can go to uh, QB Legacy, our website. They can be able to uh, log in and, and check a little bit more of, of our locations our next spots that we will be hitting, uh, how our camp went. Uh, what we try to do is we try to prepare these young kids as well as their parents uh, for the next steps to be successful. So we have a symposium, which my brother Tequila Spice will be able to bless us with a little bit of his knowledge, uh, breaking down, playing the position from the other side, uh, which would be the middle and outside linebacker position to be the, the QB on the defense. Uh, but also how to prepare, how to prepare for uh, being an elite athlete, an elite football player from both sides of it. Um, and what we try to do is we have a guest speaker come in and symposium where we talk a little bit about the clearinghouse, the academic aspect of things, what the quarterback position entails, what leadership is all about, uh, how to build a work ethic and passion of what you're doing. We talk a little bit uh, about the biochemic of the body, how to operate the body. People would just have you going out, just doing all type of weird stuff, and you have no clue of what it is and how it's helping your body. Uh, and then we'll take it to the field where we'll talk a little bit about the fundamentals of the game, uh, talk about, you know, the defense is what you're seeing and how to attack it in different ways, ball placement, how to throw the football, uh, footwork, foundation, base. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're all about mentoring these kids and preparing them and teaching them how to be CEOs and leaders of, of multi-million dollar businesses, sitting at the round table and being able to, to ex explain yourself to 14, 15, 20 uh, people sitting in suits uh, from a business standpoint. Because remember, this, this game can only last so long, but what will you right. be able to do after the game is over? Like, and so at the quarterback position, you know, we all know we can, we can get in front of people easily. But it's how to talk and know how to be prepared before you talk uh, to get out the information that it is that you're trying to express to them. So that's the caveat when you look at the quarterback legacy. And I've seen you post about it. I've seen you talk about it. You and I talked about it. Who are some of the other guys that you're going to have to be able to work with the guys with all of the players? Is it going to be ex-players or, you know, just to give our listeners some insight on, on the quarterback legacy? Well, they're all ex-quarterbacks ex who have played the game from a college standpoint, arena football, NFL football, Canadian football. Wow. Uh, so we have experienced players who have actually played the game uh, and has taught the game to uh, their, their given quarterbacks in their given cities. So we have, and we don't like to say QB trainers, so we got about 20 mentors uh, and also got example setters uh, to be able to teach these guys how to play the game uh, the fundamentals of the game and also being prepared uh, from a standpoint of, of walking into a building and, and having command 
of what it is that you set out to accomplish. And so when I say 20 of these individuals, we have 20 in, in, in given states all across the country. So even if you're saying, say if you're in South Dakota um, and you're looking for a quarterback trainer, we have one of those. Uh, if wow. you're in California, uh, we can reach out. One of our one of our quarterback mentors and trainers in California, San Diego, is Achilles Smith. Uh, in Dallas, Texas, we've got Tony Banks, as well as Bob Stroop. Bob Stroop is uh, Patrick Mahomes' trainer, as well as he's working with Jalen Hurts right now. Um, if you're in the in the Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania area, North New Jersey, we got Madee Williams, Ramon Robinson, out in uh, in South Carolina, Ron Bell, who Ron Bell has trained. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, as well as uh, Justin Fields out in Atlanta. Uh, so we have guys all across the country. So even if you give or take you on vacation with the family and you want to get some work, you know, you reach out to us and we'll be able to link you with a trainer out there so that you can get some work done. Hey, bro, that's very cool, man, because uh, you're making it convenient to be able to get the work if you decide to go on a vacation or if you just decide, you know what, I want to change the scenery and to be able to hone my skills, even though I'm away from home. So I love the business model, bro. I love it. Well, you know, again, if if I know that I need some linebacker work, you know, you know I just happen to be in the A, I might not stunt. You know, I might not hit that AT <laughs> aliens on them. But if I need that work and that good knowledge from a mental standpoint, I can always reach out to Chocolate Thunder. Come on with <laughs> it. Come on Chocolate with it. Chocolate Thunder. <laughs> Hey, man, you inspire a lot of people, bro. And you talk about having the, the mentors to be able to show the mentees what to do. Who inspired you? Like, what what, what inspired you to, to, to wake you up and you was like, you know what, let me just take a little bit of here and there and be that complete player? Well, it's easy to, to utilize the guys who have played before me. I mean, the Doug Williams, the Warren Moon. Marlon Bristol's, you know, Joe Gilliam's, James Harris, those guys. Uh, but I, I, I started paying attention to a lot of these guys, these older guys who um, didn't play the game. My dad was one of them, you know, who did a lot of stuff in the community, which we held football camps uh, just to try to help the youth and prepare them uh, of how to uh, play the game. And also not play the game, but play the game outside of the game. You know, because a lot of these young kids, they want to lean on on sports to get them where they want to go. And they forget about the academic aspect. So if you have links to prepare them from an academic standpoint, then all of a sudden you got a plan B set in case it doesn't work out. Uh, so yeah, he was he was my main horse. My dad was my main guy that I always leaned on <clears throat> when I had a lot on my mind and wanted to do and get things accomplished. So you are one of the football gods, right? <clears throat> And it's championship week. Everybody loves it. You know, the final four right before the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And you have four of your favorite quarterbacks of all times, the best four of all time. Who would you want to see championship weekend going at it? Which four quarterbacks? Uh, you talking about old school quarterbacks or are we talking new? It don't even matter, bro. It's your um, world. You, you the football guard. It's your world. So, so one, I would, I would love for Warren Moon uh, to have that opportunity to play in a Super Bowl. Um, because I think, you know, with him being the only black quarterback in the Hall of Fame, they try to hang that over his head. Uh, mm -hmm. All the yards that he passed for and the, and the great cups that he won in Canada, I would love for him to be to play in a, in a Super Bowl. Randall Cunningham, 
I would love to have Randall Cunningham to have an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl because I think that's one thing that he's missing that they use against us uh, for the ultimate weapon to be have that opportunity uh, to have his yellow jacket also in the Hall of Fame. Uh, third, um, I have to include, you know, Michael Vick. Michael Vick's another guy, dynamic player. We talk so much and get enamored by his ability running the football, but he was a passer as well. Uh, so I would love for him to have that opportunity. And then last but not least, I'll go, I'll go old school uh, because everyone talks so much about Terry Bradshaw and his accomplishments. People don't remember when, when Joe Gilliam came in for a couple games to play when, when Terry got hurt mm-hmm. and, and kind of ripped up, you know, the league with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, to, to be able to set his name in there. The Joe Gilliam represented the HBCUs as well. I think he went to Tennessee state, uh, but he was able to show his dynamic ability. I would love to see him have that opportunity to play. And if he would have won a Super Bowl, we would have a little bit more love for, for Joe Gilliam. Oh, without a doubt, bro. You got to be a historian or somebody close to the game to remember Joe Gilliam, like for sure. Broadway Joe, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Joe was Joe was something special. Um, you know, seen a lot of highlights of him, talked to Richard Ditt, uh, who told me a lot about Joe and obviously his dad. Uh, but you know, I just, I just love to to hear more about the people who set the tone and, and created a path for me. Right. Well, bro, you, you know, obviously you're not done yet. You know, you look at all of the positive things that you've done, not only for your community, but even for the quarterback legacy with the mentees that you have. At the end of the day, I know what's very important to you. Family is, mm-hmm. and. At the end of the day, what does Donovan McNabb want his legacy to be remembered as? Great father, uh, great role model, uh, great example setter. Never let never let him be able to settle for second best. Um, taught him how to uh, put in that extra time and and to do things as beneficiary for whatever it is they they're doing at that particular time. Uh, and at the end of it all. Can't ever say dad didn't support me. Dad was at everything that I did. He cheered for me. He yelled at me. Uh, you know, but yet and still, he gave me the motivation to be great. Uh, and that's something what I want my kids, as well as the kids that I coach and teach, uh, to say uh, when it's all said and done. Much respect, boy. Major, bro. Dope, dog. That's Dave. I know them babies don't show enough appreciated, fam. <laughs> yeah, they don't like it. They don't like it when I do it, but you know, hopefully they'll they'll give me some love at the end. You know, my daughter's already calling my name while we're doing the interview to go get us some new shoes. See what I get? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm getting called to duty just to just to buy some new shoes. You know, Look. but you know that's what we do. That's what adulting is all about. Yeah. Listen, man, we in Kennesaw, Georgia, bro. My daughter work at the mall. We got a discount, so we got you covered. <laughs> no man. Hey, you know we'll be out there uh, for our camp. Our camp. Our Thanks. Camp. I already know. I'm yeah, gonna pull up. So, already know. QB Legacy. We're gonna be there. Oh yeah, let's do this. It's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a great time. Oh yeah, we 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 on. It's gonna be good, bro. Hey man, we appreciate you coming by the show. 
What's going on, my good people? It's your favorite plus size model, Tuton Reyes, in the building. We appreciate you joining us on another edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. You know what? It's because of you, our viewers. The reason why we're able to get so many compelling guests like former Eagles star quarterback Donovan McNabb. And we're going to continue to get more as long as you guys subscribe, like, comment, click the bell for notifications. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well at the BTM podcast. You can also listen anywhere you get your podcast content. Remember, on the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.